On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a YouTuber takes a Model Y to Alaska, and we learn a couple of subtle but welcome winter weather upgrades in the process. Plus, Motor Trend reviews the Model Y, the Model 3 gets a new upgrade package in the Tesla online shop, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, episode 253 for June 7th, 2020. To my left, a currently gassy Daisy the Boxer puppy, so uh, if anything comes through on the microphone, it was her, not me. Uh, anyway, I wanted to first say thank you to all of you who reached out with kind words regarding the Sandy Monroe interview last week. That was a real treat. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking about Tesla with him. Obviously, I have played a lot of clips of his Model Y teardown videos on the podcast, and he was very kind to agree to come on and join me here for, what was that, almost half an hour, and I, I continued to learn a lot from him. It's a really interesting perspective to have on the, uh, on the, the world of Tesla, and I got to learn a lot. Also, I want to say congratulations to SpaceX for the flawless launch and, uh, of Crew Dragon and the successful docking of Crew Dragon with the International Space Station. Just an absolutely inspiring moment. Uh, just a, a tremendous achievement, and hopefully SpaceX will get them home safe as well. I'm inspired this week as well by the scores of peaceful demonstrations, not only around the United States, but around the world as well. Uh, this country is obviously very much wounded right now, and justifiably so. I mean, we, we've we've witnessed some incredible uh, racially based injustices very publicly uh, that have just just really uh, shown what's some publicly something that's been been going on for for far far too long on a systemic level. And uh, I, I just want to say, like, for me personally, so I, I posted a large uh, thing on Twitter about this, if you're curious to go look at it, but I did want to say something here as well, and just that, that it's this. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I, I realized I, I did some introspection over the last week and a half because I, I couldn't help but look inwards at myself after, after seeing what happened uh, to George Floyd, and then to to see the the reaction, obviously, uh, around this country and around the world, and I when I did when I looked inward, I realized, well, wow, I've, I mean, yeah, my family's pretty well all white, and but then I, I thought, well, wait a second, I've pretty much grown up entirely white uh, from my origins in in northern rural New Jersey, friends and neighbors there, white. And then when we moved to, to the East Valley in Arizona in grade school, just all white. Uh, and, and that's not inherently bad, obviously, but, but I just realized I never even had the perspective, never even had, never even talked to, to, to anybody about, about an alternate perspective, about the black perspective, nor did I, I and I certainly was never forced to, forced to confront it or, or, or deal with with the, the realities of the 
the systems of uh, racial injustice in this country. And I've thought a lot more about that, uh, certainly more than I ever have, which I know I just said is I never had to think about it, but I've been thinking about it a lot uh, here over the last week and a half. And, and so what I've tried to do for myself to just try and be a more understanding, more empathetic human being is to try and correct that. Uh, from my own past of, of never having to even look at it. Now, I want to look at it. I want to see it. I want to learn. I want to understand. I've been following more black voices in the video game community in my day job and just trying to just get more of that perspective and more of, of a different life uh, and, and l- what life is like, like a little sliver uh, of, of, of a view into that, uh, what life is like in America from a perspective that's not my own. And I would certainly, you know, on social media, encourage you to do the same. Maybe just go out and and find find uh, black voices, and and just follow those people, listen to those people, and and maybe uh, think a little bit more uh, outside of your own bubble and upbringing, right? Like we all have our own unique background and unique upbringing, and it's important to to broaden that and to try and be more empathetic and more understanding, and and hopefully uh, this wound. That, that is open in this country right now can heal, but but with a but not putting just a band-aid over it. It can hopefully there can be systemic change and we can come out of this with with better, more fair, more just systems in place for all of us. Uh, black lives absolutely matter. There is no but, there is no there's it's just that's it. Black lives matter, and I am I'm gonna, you know, try and use this as as a, as a means to look inward and try and be better myself. And uh, I, I hope you'll do the same. All right, time to move on with Tesla news for this week. There are a few interesting stories. I want to start uh, in the far reaches of the Northern Hemisphere in Alaska. The Model Y uh, has, we've learned this week, courtesy of tech YouTuber Jerry Rig Everything, that the Model Y has addressed a couple of cold weather issues that we've seen prevalent on the Model 3 and, and previously, of course, the S and the X before that. So Jerry Rig Everything got to take a Model Y up to Alaska, up in the, the, the winter proving grounds where Tesla does their cold weather testing. And he got to do a, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of interesting uh, experimentation and just trial and error with the Model Y up there. So his his entire 11-minute video is interesting, but I wanted to zero in on two small but significant changes that he was able to point out from the Model 3 now to the Model Y as it pertains to cold weather functionality. So take a listen to this clip from tech YouTuber Jerry Rig Everything. Before we get into the big stuff, one of the subtle improvements that I really like about the Model Y, you know, they improve each version as they as they make them, is the door handles. The door handle is still the same, you know, use your thumb and prop it up, but if there's ever a lot of ice that's covering the door, sometimes the door handles can get frozen, and this time around you can press the door handle and uh, break the ice on both sides, so it makes it easier to get inside. Plus, the charging port is now heated on the Model Y, and ice won't form around the charging port. Good stuff there from Jerry Rig Everything and good info about the Model Y. And it's nice to learn this now, 
here in June because, you know, it happened to work out where, of course, the Model Y was delivered early prior to the pandemic and the factory shutdown, but the Model Y debuted earlier than it was. The Model Y still wasn't supposed to be out yet. If you've rewind to last March and the Model Y unveiling, it was fall 2020. We would still be sitting here and there wouldn't be any Model Ys, but Tesla got them out early. And but they they still managed to miss winter, which which is good, I guess. I mean, I guess maybe it doesn't really matter, but they got it out early. But it was nevertheless spring. So uh, the first Model Ys were delivered pretty well after winter had ended. Nobody has really put them to any real world tests in winter conditions yet. This was one of the first real opportunities to publicly do that, obviously. You know, this was Tesla's winter proving grounds. They've been doing it, but they're not publicizing any of that stuff. So Jerry Rig Everything goes up there, does a video, and now we know that we've got the heated charge port as well as the uh, little extra two-way pivot on the door handles to try and help break loose any ice that may form on them uh, when it gets particularly cold about. Now, uh, the, <laughs> this is a bit funny to me as well, in the sense that every every time I feel like that we hear about something on the Model Y, whether it's from Sandy Monroe or, you know, whatever, wherever we've heard about it, it seems like whenever we hear about that something on the Model Y, it then, it turns out that the Y isn't sharing the part in question with the Model 3, despite the fact that Elon said the cars were supposed to share about three quarters of their parts. And here's another one uh, that's different for now as well. Two of them, I guess, actually. I suppose this is a revised door handle part as well as a revised charging port. So these, these two at least probably will go back to the shared parts list with Model 3 fairly soon, if they haven't already. It's possible that that these pieces are already in new build Model 3s. It's kind of like the center console, right? All those little quality of life improvements that we've been seeing, such as in the center console, are inevitably going to make their way over back over to the Model 3 and be in both cars. It just makes too much sense for Tesla economically. I mean, of course, the, the idea is to share as many of those parts as possible. Regardless, though, uh, this is great. You know, first the heat pump, now a new door handle revision and a heated charging port, plus a bunch of other revisions under the, the surface we probably don't know about. I mean, Tesla really, really thought a lot harder about cold weather performance specifically with the Model Y than they seemingly did with the original build of the Model 3. And that's not to speak ill of the Model 3, just that the Model Y seems to have had an extra level of attention and care put into it with regard to winter driving. Well, to watch the rest of that video, which I would encourage you to check out, just search for Jerry Rig Everything, uh, and then maybe add throw in Model Y on there. Jerry Rig Everything Model Y on YouTube. Speaking of the Model Y, Motor Trend has some high praise for Tesla's newest vehicle. In fact, just before I went on the air, uh, recorded today, uh, the Wall Street Journal 
saying it might be the best car, uh, period, in the entire industry right now. Motor Trend with some high praise as well. I'll read you a couple of excerpts from their review written by Christian Sebaugh, the uh, author there. Model uh, Tesla has this said about their Model Y, courtesy of Motor Trend and Christian Sebaugh, quote, the new Model Y performance is probably the most convincing American sport luxury SUV I've driven in, well, ever. And then later, a little note, the Model Y turns in like a go-kart. Nice little uh, descriptor there of the excellent handling. And then this, this from the summary, the Model Y performance delivers the ultimate glory of a performance SUV, period. It is an immensely practical family vehicle when you need it to be while remaining incredibly fun and engaging for its driver. The Model Y performance isn't just a good electric SUV or just a good Tesla, it's a good SUV, period. And the performance upgrade package only makes the lineup stronger. Revolutionary Falcon wing doors be damned. The original Model X didn't make any of Tesla's rivals lose sleep. The Model Y will give them nightmares. End quote, Christian Seabaugh and Motor Trend. Well, it's always really great to read stuff like this because, yes, Motor Trend has been kind to Tesla over time, and deservedly so, in my humble opinion, my in my humble fanboy opinion. But, more importantly than my humble fanboy opinion, Motor Trend is the big dog in the auto enthusiast media space. And so for them to give a review of like this to the Model Y, hopefully that will encourage some of their gas engine loving readers to maybe check out an electric vehicle and give the Model Y a look. So great stuff right there from Motor Trend. Next this week, if you happen to be browsing shop.tesla.com, you'll see a new uh, kit available, two of them technically, they're, they're under the same banner, but the Model 3 All-Weather Protection Kit. So there are two parts to this, and they're each $50. So $100 for both, but you can buy, you know, it's hot, you can buy them separately, $50 a piece, which I guess is nice if you want one and don't want the other. So one half of it is the Paint Protection Film Kit, which includes custom cut pieces of paint protection film that go in front of the rear wheels in a, in a kind of L shape, hugging the door and uh, extending out a bit along the, the bottom of the side skirt. It also includes a squeegee to get the air bubbles out during installation. The other half of this kit, should you choose to spend another $50, is the mud flap and splash guard kit, which includes four mud flaps, a smaller pair and a larger pair. And by larger, I mean it's it extends down further, so closer to the ground. Uh, and either way, though, these are just for the front wheels, so you'll just choose which of those two sizes you'd like to install. Now, okay, the, the price on this is reasonable, I suppose, but... I don't know, man. I, I can understand that, that Tesla owners who drive in winter weather might want to get the mud flip, mu the mud flaps. That makes total sense to me. But it's the, the, the one I'm kind of shaking my head at a little bit is the PPF kit, that paint protection film kit. And the reason I say that, I'm not sitting here trying to say, 
not trying to get on any kind of like detailer high horse, like, oh, you should take your car to a detailer and have the whole thing wrapped. That's not everybody wants to do that. Uh, and, and understandably so, but the, the reason I had to shake my head a little bit at this one, 50 bucks for, you know, two pieces of, of, uh, custom cut film is the, you know, you've seen this, if you've taken a look, maybe even on your own, one of your own, either current other cars or previous cars, that many, many cars that cost less than the Model 3 have these same little bits of paint protection film factory installed. They're just there as part of the car. You don't have to pay anything extra for them. I mean, my, in my own experience, the car that my Model 3 replaced, which was a 2006 Infiniti G35 Coupe, so it had, you know it was a good 12 years old when I replaced it. So 2006, it that car had the, that those little bits of PPF right from the factory. That, that's an example of a car that had it right there. So this class of car, the Model 3 class, in my humble opinion, should have these already installed without having to pay $50 for the privilege. And by the way, the privilege of doing it yourself, no less. Not, not that it's the hardest job to, to get these on, but you know, you want to do a good job and make sure there's no uh, bubbles under the film. So I, it is my hope that at some point Tesla will just start in, including these factory installed with every Model 3, not just, you know, as an optional kit for, for winter weather uh, customers. Next this week, the UK may be trying to lure a future Tesla facility. So I saw this on Teslarati, but they picked it up from Property Week. So Teslarati writing, the UK government is reportedly looking for a 4 million square foot site to accommodate a new production facility for an electric car maker. The Department for International Trade is heading the search for a plot of land that is large enough for a Tesla plant that would house a research and development facility along with a production plant. A DIT spokesperson told Property Week, quote, the government is working with industry to help make the UK the location of choice to develop world-class electric vehicle technologies. DIT is working closely with partners to scope out sites for new investment into electric vehicle research, development, and manufacturing across the UK, end quote. As the uh, Teslarati article smartly noted, however, and I confess, I want to say, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't know a lot about Brexit, but Brexit could indeed throw a wrench into the UK's pitch, and I am somewhat confident in saying that despite my... Uh, relative ignorance in, in the finer details of Brexit, because Elon Musk has previously <laughs> said just that. He has previously said that Brexit, quote, made it too risky to put a gigafactory in the UK, end quote. So whether that would happen at this point remains to be seen, but perhaps the research and development office might be more feasible uh, if, if nothing else. After all, I mean, there is a lot and I mean a lot of great automotive talent in the UK, whether you're talking about, you know, you've got uh, Land Rover, you've got McLaren, you've got Jaguar, you've got uh, just a, a ton of uh, Lotus. I mean, there's a, a Lotus worked with Tesla on the original Roadster. There is a whole lot of wonderful automotive talent in the UK. For now, though, 
This is just an on-paper thing. Nobody's breaking ground on any facilities just yet. Uh, I have not seen any indication that Tesla is looking in, to expand into any more new facilities right now. What they're, they're a little booked up. They've got the formal groundbreaking on Giga Berlin. That's imminent. And then the site choice for the Cybertruck Terra Factory, as it's as has been bandied about, that it will be that massive of a, of a facility. That choice is about to be finalized between, of course, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Austin, Texas. Regardless, though, it is great to see that Tesla is even in this position. Meaning, it's Tesla is flush with cash. I mean, three straight profitable quarters. A ton of investor confidence, over $8 billion in cash on hand following that, uh, in hindsight, very well-timed capital raise prior to the pandemic. And now Tesla is in a position where they can confidently embark on these major expansion projects that do well to serve the company's overall mission, right? It is, that's one of the things that I love and respect about Tesla so much. They're not just there to rake in every dollar. It's not just about the shareholder profits. It's about the mission of transitioning the world to sustainable transport, sustainable energy. And to to, to do that, you need to be able to produce, physically produce as many electric cars as possible. Hopefully there'll be compelling ones, which that'll have the there will be demand for, which so far so good in that department from Tesla. It is it is a fact that historically speaking, Tesla is supply constrained, not demand constrained. So it's great to see uh, the the two big projects that are imminent now that are you know right on uh, on deck right now in the United States and in Germany, and then we'll see if the UK is going to be able to uh, convince Tesla to, to spin up something new in their neck of the woods as well. And the final story I have for you this week is about the Elon Muskiverse at large. Uh, that, that Muskiverse might be getting an interesting new addition to the, uh, what would that be? The, I guess the, there's, it wouldn't be the cinematic. There's like, what's the MCU equivalent? The, the Musk, <laughs> there's got to be, we've we got to find a C, Musk something universe, Musk, maybe the MSU, the Musk sustainability universe, we'll go with that. <laughs> no, let's, let's, uh, see, this is why I need better notes. When I try to just speak off the top of my head, these dumb things happen. That's what happens. Anyway, uh, I spotted this on the Tesla Motors Reddit, so a hat tip to them. And the story comes via the Mercury News out of Southern California, and they write this. By unanimous vote, a San Bernardino County Transportation Agency voted this past week to pursue a proposal from Elon Musk's boring company for a high-speed tunnel linking Rancho Cucamonga with Ontario International Airport. The Boring Company's unsolicited proposal would build a 2.8-mile tunnel known as the Ontario Airport Loop, 14 feet in diameter and about 35 feet underground. It would take passengers in electric vehicles with rubber tires traveling up to 127 miles per hour to and from the airport. Each ride would take about 90 seconds to two minutes, says San Bernardino County Supervisor Kurt Hagman. He, quote, it gets us thinking in a new way. 
this is something that can be done relatively quickly and inexpensively, end quote. Hagman introduced the idea to the SBCTA after touring the Boring Company facility in Hawthorne and taking a ride in a modified Tesla through the test tunnel there. End of, uh, end of story there from the Mercury News. Now, if you're thinking, hey, Ryan, I thought this was a Tesla podcast. Where's the Tesla info here? Don't worry, I've got you. Check out this next part from the Mercury News. Originally, the proposal called for specially designed Tesla cars, but Hagman said the company is working with Tesla to develop electric vans that can seat up to 12 people and their luggage, enlarging the capacity to 1,200 people per day or 10, plus, 10 million plus per year in this, in this uh, Ontario airport loop. So uh, that is interesting, a custom Tesla van. Now, I have to wonder, of course, might these be built off of the Model X chassis? Because, why do I wonder that? Well, if this all sounds pretty familiar to you, if you've been following Tesla for a while, you've got a good memory. This is extraordinarily similar, if not downright identical, to what Elon Musk proposed in the Tesla Secret Master Plan Part 2 almost exactly four years ago, July 2016. I went back and referenced it for this story. In it, Elon wrote this, quote, in addition, and this was the Secret Master Plan Part 2, which, which laid out the next 10 years of Tesla and what the big plan, the overarching plan and goals would be for the company. So Elon wrote, as an excerpt here, in addition to consumer vehicles, there are two other types of electric vehicle needed. Heavy-duty trucks, <laughs> Cybertruck, uh, and high-passenger, uh, excuse me, high-passenger-density urban transport. Both are in the early stages of development at Tesla and should be ready for unveiling next year. Well, uh, we had to wait a little, a little longer than one year from uh, 2016 to see the unveiling of the Cybertruck, but we got there. Now, later, uh, about, uh, about a month or so, within a month after that blog post, Elon elaborated about the, the bus thing on Twitter. He said, quote, the Tesla minibus will be built on a Model X chassis. People density potential is surprisingly high, end tweet. So I have to wonder if San Bernardino County is working with Tesla on something very much like that, which Tesla, I mean, if they do it and it works, Tesla could then offer that as part of a package deal to other boring company clients, other cities, other, other areas. I mean, it is a, a potentially cool bundle there. Again, the Muscoverse uniting for the greater good towards a sustainable future. That is really cool. And by the way, if you haven't read both of the Tesla secret master plans, they are both very much worth reading, even now, even now that the, the first one, is quite old. The, the first one was written in 2006, which I just remind you, well before the original Tesla Roadster even hit the streets. So Tesla had, had, I say this politely, but they had literally, they had done, they had shipped nothing. There were no Tesla products when that blog post was written. And if you go back and read part one, ev everything in it came true. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's 
everything came true. It's like Elon Musk was a was a time traveler that came back and wrote that blog. And then part two has uh, has some more. Uh, well, I guess let's call them not crazier ideas, just just a, a little bit bolder ideas and ways that Tesla has already kind of pivoted in, in a different direction. But nevertheless, also worth reading. If you Google those, you'll find them on tesla.com. That is everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But stick with me. Your phone calls are back after the hiatus last week for the Sandy Monroe interview. So your calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Real quick, before I get started with the Ride the Lightning hotline, I want to mention abstractocean.com and their continually running awesome discount promo code for listeners of this podcast. RTL Podcast is the coupon code to enter at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. They've got all kinds of neat stuff for your car at abstractocean.com, whether it's SX or 3 or Y. Uh, I would say the number one thing that I would recommend if you're going to go maybe head over there, browse around, visit, and and see what you want to get, I think the center console vinyl uh, wrap kits to, again, that, that center console, you look at it wrong and it gets fingerprinted and scratches. It's just, I, it's the first thing I did when I got my car was uh, I did a, now I did a satin wrap, so it's still black but it just takes the the gloss finish and the the fingerprinting and the scratching away. But check out, they've got a bunch of options at Abstract Ocean. They've got black carbon fiber for for a a vinyl wrap for that center console, white carbon fiber, satin white, so if you've got the white interior, that could look cool, brushed steel metallic, brushed titanium metallic, brushed black metallic, uh, or for an extra 10 bucks, you could do a custom color. So... A lot of neat stuff over there, plus all the lighting kits, etc., etc. AbstractOcean.com. They provide an installation guide to help you get through it, uh, and you should check that out. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to shine. Questions, comments, discussion topics, all from you guys. I love hearing your voices. I think you you all add a lot to this podcast, and you can participate. I invite you, I encourage you, call anytime. There are two easy ways to call in. First, come up with your question, what you want to talk about. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get through as many calls each week as possible. And once you've got that in mind, then call in. So the first easy way is to use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software. Record it, send it in via email, and that email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just pick up your phone or Skype and just dial in and just leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. Toll-free number 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com if you would like to learn more. Najem from Kansas City is up first. Go ahead, Najem. 
Hey, what's up, Ryan? This is Najim now calling from Kansas City. I had a question. So you mentioned in last week's episode that the Cybertruck had to be made out of stainless steel in order to keep costs down and that any possible future truck coming from Tesla would have to be also made out of stainless steel again to keep costs down. And when the Cybertruck was announced, I was surprised with the price. They kept it under it. I'm going to probably mess this up, but they kept it under 40000 which to me was surprising for the base model, obviously. And my question is, why not make a Model 3 out of, out of stainless steel? Why not make a cyber car instead of a cyber truck? Bring the cost of the Model 3 down. I mean, I've called actually prior uh, to this call, I've called into this podcast asking whether or not Tesla could make the Model 3 cost uh, lower, substantially lower. And heck, if making it out of stainless steel makes the cost lower, then absolutely do that. And and my other question is, why aren't other car manufacturers doing that? If there are so many benefits to stainless steel, stainless steel as you have mentioned, you know, the keeping the cost down, the simplicity of production, where are all the stainless steel cars? Is it just because of consumer preference not really opting for those? Or are there other drawbacks to stainless steel that maybe you haven't covered before? Thank you for everything you do. You do a lot of great work, and we all appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, Najim, you didn't mess it up at all. You remembered it exactly right. $39,900 is the price that Elon flashed on the screen for the base price of the Cybertruck. Second, about a Cybercar I am 100% with you. I can tell you that that very question is on my list of questions for Elon if if I'm ever lucky enough to get another interview with him. I would buy a stainless steel cybercar so fast. (laughs) It would be, I would want to be first in line for that one. Because seriously, no joke, I miss having a stainless steel car that much. I think it is so great. I, I've said this before, you guys are going to hear me say this a million more times probably between now and, and the first Cybertruck deliveries. Those of you who have ordered the Cybertruck, I'm confident that 99.9% of you, possibly even 100% of you, have never owned a stainless steel car before. Maybe there's a DeLorean owner out there in my audience, who, uh, who know, a fellow DeLorean owner who knows what I'm talking about, or, or, or maybe a former DeLorean owner like me. But anyway... It, it is so great having a weatherproof body on the car that's ageless. It will not age. It will look, if you take good, you know, if you just, you could leave it outside. There's no paint to fade. There's no, I mean, you've all seen cars that clearly don't get waxed and don't, and, and are sat outside. Like the roof of the car, sometimes the hood, are just like the paints just coming off. It's just it's 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 a shame to see that will never happen with a stainless steel bodied car. That's just not how it works. Uh, it's really great. I'm very confident that all of you who just don't quite understand like the idea makes sense to you. Okay, a stainless steel car, but I think when you actually get your Cybertruck and you've had it for maybe like a year, you're going to you're going to really understand like, "Oh wow, yeah." It's really cool having a stainless steel car. I don't have to do anything, and I can clean my whole Cybertruck with a bottle of Windex and some paper towels if I so feel like it. You don't have to. You don't have to worry about anything. It's great. Anyway, uh, final to answer your other question as to why don't others do it, uh, st- meaning stainless steel. 
You heard Sandy Monroe on the podcast last week give his professional opinion when I asked him that very thing, and that is simply that it costs too much and it wears the heck out of the stainless steel will wear the heck out of the tooling, which I guess is just sort of part of the costing too much. It also lasts forever. And of course, most car companies are looking to sell you a new car every five to 10 years. Most other car companies are not in the sustainability business like Tesla is. And let's be honest about one other aspect of it too, uh, as far as why it hasn't happened with a cybercar. A cybercar, if the cyber truck is any indication, would be probably quite divisive, might be hideously ugly to some people and strikingly beautiful to others, just by the very nature of that folded stainless steel exoskeleton design. So that's why nobody else is, is doing what Tesla's doing with the Cybertruck. But I would love to see it, and I look forward to hopefully getting the chance to ask Elon about it sometime. Next up, Keith the self-proclaimed Tesla hillbilly from Missouri is up next while we're on the subject of Cybertruck. Go ahead, Keith. Good uh, morning, Ryan. This is uh, Keith, the Tesla hillbilly from Missouri. Hope you're having a good day. I have been fortunate enough to reserve a Tesla Cybertruck uh, dual motor. I will be using this for uh, different uh, projects and such, be it uh, moving lumber or mulch or landscape blocks and or for recreational activities, uh, specifically in my case, towing a boat to different uh, fishing locations. Uh, take uh, usually three to six uh, major fishing trips uh, involving some miles uh, throughout the year. And my question specifically is, have you heard through the community or is it possible maybe that uh, on this version of the truck or, or any versions of the truck where you might be able to get additional battery packs or Tesla might offer additional battery packs to get additional miles for your vehicle. This would come, again, ex extremely handy uh, for those uh, longer fishing trips and such there that uh, one takes or if you're doing additional work at a site or such and need that additional power there would give a person an opportunity to uh, get uh, additional miles. Uh, you should have the framework and the truck already to put that in there and uh, would enable you to, again, purchase that without having to go up to the much more expensive uh, other range uh, vehicle, meaning the tri-motor, that potentially you also wouldn't uh, need or be able to go that far. Anyway, uh, thanks for your uh, time and the show, Ryan. I hope you have a good uh, holiday weekend. Uh, take care. Stay safe. Bye now. Interesting question, Keith. I honestly don't see that happening anytime soon because I think Tesla would just point you to the 500-mile range tri-motor version. I mean, you're not wrong that it's a lot more expensive, of course, but the reality is that for the time being and for the foreseeable future... Every battery cell that Tesla can get its hands on is going into a car or into a home energy storage solution or a larger scale grid storage solution. That said, it's entirely possible that the market might end up demanding exactly what you're proposing at some point. That once the Cybertrucks get out into the world, 
There will be work sites and remote trips like you're talking about that necessitate a product like that. So you never know, but personally, I think that if that does happen, it wouldn't be for probably at least a year or two after the Cybertruck begins getting out in the world. I think it would be a while if it happens at all. Thank you, as always, for your calls. And let me go next to Brian from Minneapolis. Brian, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Brian from Minneapolis calling. I'm calling about uh, a subject that I feel like we haven't heard about in a while, and that's urban superchargers. Um, I know that most of the focus on the supercharging network recently has been on V3 and the rollout of that, and I know that uh, we're getting a V3 supercharger in our area here soon. Um, But I know that Tesla stated a while ago that urban superchargers should be much quicker to deploy, and I feel like uh, at least here and, and other parts of the country outside of the Bay Area, where I feel like most of them are concentrated, that there are none. So I'm curious as to your thoughts as to why the urban supercharger network, especially in downtown and urban areas, hasn't been really expanded that much, um, and if we may see more in the future. Thanks, and have a good one. This is indeed a great topic, Brian. Thank you for calling in. You're right. Even here in the Bay Area, where we're very lucky to have quite a large number of superchargers and quite a density of them, uh, and indeed most of those here in town, so to speak, are of the 72-kilowatt urban supercharger variety, you can go on the map on tesla.com supercharger, and there are a couple of them in San Francisco that have been shown as coming soon for well over a year now that still aren't open. That's to say nothing, of course, of the areas outside of the admitted Tesla home base bubble that I live in. My best guess about this is that it's a financial prudence issue. Tesla and Elon uh, and CFO Zach Kirkhorn have talked in recent quarters about Tesla needing to be smarter with their money. So my guess is that given that most Teslas have plenty of range to get you around town, they may have decided to cut back on supercharger resources uh, and and, uh, urban supercharger resources, and thus the resources they are allocating are going towards V3 superchargers that augment the long-distance charging network. And, you know, honestly, if that's the case, I can't really blame them for that. And the results, uh, with the last now three profitable quarters in a row, a healthy cash balance for the company, a stock price that's hovering around $900, it's gone through the roof over the past year, those are hard results, difficult results to argue with as far as their, the way they've chosen to allocate their resources. We know that Tesla has usage statistics for all superchargers, so... I'm sure they've looked at those to determine where the supercharger resources do need to be best allocated. Cheers, Brian. Thanks for your call. Let's stay in Minnesota and talk to David on the topic of supercharging as well. Go ahead, David. Hey, Ryan. I'm David from Minnesota. I was just wondering why you think Tesla doesn't update the Model S and X to get access to version 3 supercharging. Version 3 is clearly the future for the supercharging network, so it doesn't really make sense to purchase the, the expensive Teslas if the owners can't use the next version of superchargers that will be widely deployed. 
Uh, Elon has said before that the S and X are only being built for sentimental reasons. So is it possible that Tesla is not investing the newer technology in the S and X because they are beginning to phase them out? Uh, thanks so much. Love the podcast. David, great question. Uh, I don't personally believe it's a question of not investing in the S and the X. They've done that. Tesla has done that. Take a look at the Raven powertrain and suspension that's in those cars now. Those are That's money you could argue that Tesla didn't have to spend, but they did, and those cars are greatly improved now. And on top of that, there's the Plaid powertrain that's due out around the end of the year for the S, and then shortly after that, the X as well. So there is investment being made in the S and the X, Therefore, the most reasonable guess for why the S and the X can't do 250 kilowatt V3 supercharging, I believe if memory serves, the Ravens top out at 200 kilowatts, is just battery chemistry and or form factor. The S and the X, which as you may know, use different battery cells, different form factor cells, 18650 battery cells, compared to the newer 2170 form factor cells that are in the 3 and the Y. So that appears to be the difference. Uh, and if and when those cars get a more significant under-the-hood redesign, and in fact, maybe body <laughs> hood on and around the hood body redesign too, I would expect that at, at some point those cars will be able to charge at 250 kilowatts, if not even faster, potentially. Thank you for your call, David. Kaz from San Diego is up next, responding to a couple episodes back when I mentioned the imminent price increase for the full self-driving package coming up on July 1st. Here's Kaz in response to that. Hey, Ryan and Tesla family. It's Kaz out here in San Diego. It's been a while since I called in, uh, but in regards to episode 251 with the price increase on full self-driving, my view on it, honestly, we knew it was coming. This isn't new. This has been talked about for years, that as it gets better, the price will go up. And honestly, that's expected. I wouldn't expect anybody being in their right mind to say, no, it should stay cheap forever as it gets closer to full autonomy. Yeah, it's never fun to pay for more expensive things, but also keep in mind the possibility of this subscription option coming up. And it's an incentive to buy now. I locked it in on the Cybertruck at 7000 So it's coming, regardless of what we want. So we might as well just jump on the train, right? Take care. I hear you, Kaz, but I would respectfully add that it's not that simple. The fact of the matter is that Tesla has been charging $8,000 for this total going back to 2016 when they first introduced Autopilot 2 and started selling the full self-driving add-on package for $3,000 on top of the $5,000 enhanced Autopilot package. And while yes, they've absolutely made plenty of progress, there are a number of people out there who were on leases or maybe purchases as well that put full self-driving on those cars and never realized any benefit from it. So, I mean, sure, no one forced them to do that. And Tesla did state in right in the design studio, they, you know, they make it clear, hey, this, all this stuff is subject to software development and regulatory approval and what have you. But the value proposition of full self-driving has, I think, fairly 
been up for reasonable debate for a while. Not that it's definitely worth it and not that it's definitely not, just up for reasonable debate, that's all. So that's sort of where I land with it. But Kaz, thank you as always for your call, my friend. And let me take one more call this week. Andre from Norway, also weighing in on the full self-driving price increase coming up very soon. Go ahead, Andre. Hey, Ryan, it's Andre from Norway. Listening to episode 251 now. Um, regarding the FSD, now my Model 3 has it. Uh, some uh, owners in Norway got it after the price has still, I think, last year, last spring. Um, but buying it here, in Europe at least, no. Because it, it, uh, until we get new rules, they can legislate and use some of this, like you have in the, in the states. You can you have uh, you can use the functionality of it. Until that day comes, it for all intents and purposes worthless. You have your uh, uh, autopilot included. That does more than that. That does mostly what you need to do. So I don't understand why they increase the price worldwide when uh, when the functionality of the service is so um, varied depending on where you are. So uh, that's a strange, strange decision for me. They could have uh, increased it um, country by country or region by region. But anyway, that's my thoughts. Keep up the good works. Bye-bye. Very fair point here, Andre. Uh, Elon did actually address this on Twitter, but only said, quote, good point when it was pointed out to him. So he acknowledged it, but he just didn't indicate whether or not Europe or other regions would get a lesser price increase or a reprieve, a, a, a temporary stay from that price increase uh, on that come July 1st. So I will certainly be keeping an eye on that as July 1st approaches. Thank you, Andre. Thank you to everybody that called in. Again, I sincerely appreciate those of you who do feel motivated to call in and take the time to do so. Again, I feel like it adds a lot to this podcast in the very best of ways. Love hearing all of your voices and opinions and, and perspectives here. So uh, keep those calls coming. Like I said, I gave you the a, uh, two easy methods for calling in at the top of the segment. Check those out if you missed them. And I will be right back with your pro tip of the week and a little bit more to close things out right after this. Well, since I continue to not really have any car adventures of my own to share with you at this point of the show, since it uh, continues to just hang out in the garage during the stay-at-home situation, I will continue instead my video game recommendation. This one, an all-ages, totally family-appropriate recommendation. Uh, I think this is arguably one of the best games of its genre ever. Uh, and this game is Peggle. P-E-G-G-L-E. It's on just about any platform, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. Uh, I don't know if there's a Nintendo Switch version, and it's definitely on any mobile device as well. Peggle is phenomenal. It is one of the best match-based puzzle games ever. It's kind of a pachinko meets Tetris type of thing, and there's a, there's a really neat musical element involved. Uh, it's, it's just 
incredibly challenging, but also it's got that whole like one, just one more round kind of thing going for it. Um, you're not sacrificing anything by playing it on mobile versus playing it on a on a proper console. Uh, it's it's just it's really up there, right alongside not maybe not alongside but right up in near the cream of the crop with tetris and uh it's it's just tremendous so if you know you can play it for a few minutes you can play it for an hour no problem if that sounds interesting to you look up peggle on whatever device that you have and want to play video games on thank you once again to stefan from monterey for suggesting this segment during the shelter in place. Here we go now with the pro tip of the week. This one from Carl in Washington State. He has some interesting work circumstances that he'll tell you about here in a second. And it's a it's a uh, battery tip. Go ahead, Carl. Hey Ryan, Carl here from Washington State. I have a pro tip to share. I own a 2018 all-wheel drive Model 3 that I used to commute to work as an airline pilot. Where I park, there's level one charging available that I'm usually able to plug into while I'm gone. I'm gone for up to four days at a time. Living in the Northwest, much of the year I come back to a cold-soaked car and battery. This is obviously not great for performance, and I often have batteries with snowflakes. So what I do is I set the car charge limit to 60% when I park. This is plenty of charge to get me home. Then, on the last day of my trip, through the app, I update the charge limit to 90%. What I found is with the charger available, it takes about 11 hours to reach 90%. And by doing this, I arrive to the car with a warm battery. And if I'm smart, I even have the heater set so it turns on before I get out to the car. A nice feature on the app would be to let us set the time and date that we are going to leave, rather than just the time of departure. Good thinking here, Carl. That That is very smart. Thank you for calling in with that. I imagine that can be applied by other folks when they're, say, on vacation or something like that as well. So cheers to you. Uh, safe travels. And again, to anybody else out there, if you've got a pro tip of the week about your Tesla, maybe you've got a new Model Y, something interesting you've discovered about that, uh, any of the cars that you would like to share something unique that you found that may be of interest to your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please call in with it. Again, try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and you can call in the same way that the hot, the uh, hotline calls, pardon me, come through. And before I get rolling, let me mention some friends of the podcast. I talked about Abstract Ocean earlier in the show. I'll mention now Immaculate Reflections. Reminder that uh, Jeff from Immaculate Reflections, wonderful human, wonderful detailer, and he has got a totally clean operation, very COVID-friendly. He's now implemented a touchless pickup and drop-off system, and he is offering discounts to listeners of this podcast. So if you're in the Bay Area or going to be here and you want to get some wonderful detailing work done on your car... Immaculate Reflections is the place to go. Visit the website irdetailing.com. You can also look up Jeff's work on Yelp, on uh, which is yelp.com slash immaculate reflections. Instagram as well, his handle on there is immaculate underscore reflections. And so, yeah, you could do paint correction, paint protection film over 
you know, some or all of the car. You could do uh, the ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years or so. Any or all of those will will definitely improve the the look and longevity of your car's finish. So I definitely recommend Jeff at Immaculate Reflections for that. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam slash sentry mode needs. If your USB drive has corrupted from frequent, just regular use in the car, then puretesla.com slash RTL can help you out. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's gonna happen because it's just the inherent nature. USB is not designed to be read and written to constantly over and over and over for months at a time. Uh, I experienced it myself. Now I've got the pure Tesla kit in my car and it is golden. There's no problem because it's a micro SD based solution with a USB adapter so that uh, the micro SD, which is designed for that kind of reading and writing frequency, is doing all the work. So uh, the, the simple message here is there's a 128 gig kit. That's what I've got. It's $49 free shipping anywhere in the United States. Or if you want to step up and go, go, go uh, big time with it, there is a 256 gigabyte kit for $69. It comes fully formatted, ready to go. You can plug it right into any Mac or PC if you need to review files or, or pull footage off of it. Uh, it's just nice and easy. So puretesla.com slash RTL. What else? Ah, Jada. They are the last one on the on the list of wonderful friends of Ride the Lightning. If you are ordering a Jada wireless charging pad, I would encourage you, I would say that's a good decision because most modern day smartphones have the wireless charging capability. So why not get the wireless charging pad for your Model 3? It's basically, you know, you buy it once and then you've got it for the life of the car. They've got the new version 3, which uh, I've got the version 2 and it's great. The the new version has uh, an even bigger charging area for uh, for the larger like plus size smartphones and the material. It's an it's an even better grippier material now as well. Oh, and the most importantly perhaps faster charging. It offers an even it'll charge even faster for you as well. So that's the new one. You can get it at uh, use my referral link if you please. That is my humble request there. The link is getjada.com slash ref slash eight. They also sell the USB hub which gets you some extra USB ports, including USB C ports. You know a lot of cool new gadgets are going with USB-C. So Jada has got you covered. It fits, the USB hub from Jada fits beautifully flush in the the back. Uh, and by back, I guess back, <laughs> I, by, by back I mean furthest forward in the car. If you reach into the center console, furthest forward. So that sort of the, the, the back, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not the back. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, it basically looks like an OEM part. Like it looks like Tesla designed it fits in there beautifully. So if either of those are of interest, please use that referral link, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, Jada spelled J-E-D-A. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, I would encourage you to do so. It's totally free, and it just means that the podcast will notify you when there's a new episode rather than you having to think about it. 
You can subscribe on pretty much all of the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I think we got the situation fixed with TuneIn. Thank you for the again to the listeners who gave me the heads up about that. Uh, and TuneIn is in your Tesla, by the way. So yes, you can listen to this Tesla, uh, podcast right in your Tesla. You can subscribe right there as well. I'm on Spotify, and then if you prefer to listen to your podcasts on YouTube, I do have a YouTube syndication feed. There's no video. It's it's still just uh, just audio, but it's there for you if that's how you prefer to listen to it. Just go on YouTube and search Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you'll find my channel, and you can easily subscribe. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram, uh, which is where all my car pictures go. It's just pretty much, it's all Tesla all the time on Instagram, whereas uh, Twitter, there's there's lots of video game stuff as well. So if, <laughs> if maybe that doesn't appeal to you, you can follow me on Instagram if you so choose. And that will about do it. Uh, before I get out of here, I want to mention Patreon and the wonderful Patreon producers. If you feel at some point, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next month, sometime, you feel that uh, you'd like to support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning, this this podcast that I, I dole out for free every single week for the last five years, just about five years now, uh, I would sincerely and humbly uh, uh, welcome and appreciate your support. Patreon is a, a great place to support creators such as myself. I've got some extra bonuses in there, so if you pledge at certain tiers, you're supporting at certain tiers, there are stacking uh, rewards, basically. Little perks, little bonuses that you get. You can find all of that information on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Thank you to the newest Patreon producer, Jared Brown, the producers, among other bonuses, get their names shouted out in the uh, the so-called credits here at the end of the podcast every week. So, Jared Brown, thank you so much for your support, alongside the thanks that go to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, Ramey from TeslaProtips.com, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, and Steve Radspinner. Thank you all so very much for your continued support. That will do it for, let's see, is she, oh yeah, that Daisy's been passed out for a while, I think, behind me. So she is done for the evening, and actually so am I. It's it's coming up on midnight. I've got to get to sleep here. So thank you all sincerely for your time and attention. Those two things are extremely valuable. So 
the fact that you would you would loan me either of those in a given week, uh, in particular both, is uh, is very meaningful to me. I do not take that for granted. I thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. Gosh, episode 253. Good stuff. So happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.